Hi, this is Guy Kawasaki. Hi, this is Gideon Shelwick here. My name is Farnoosh Brock. And you're listening to Learning with Leslie. Learning with Leslie. This is Learning with Leslie. 888-835-2414. This is Learning with Leslie. another episode of Learning with Leslie, the podcast where you learn, I learn, we all learn about how to build an online business with a blog. No, I'm not talking about one of those blogs that will fall by the wayside when Google has a mood swing. I'm talking about one that will thrive no matter what gets thrown at it. I'm your host, Leslie Samuel from becomeablogger.com, where we're changing the world one blog at a time. And as usual, I have another exciting episode for you today. In today's episode, episode 215, we're going to be talking about how to find awesome pictures for your blog post. You know, the internet is becoming more and more visual, and one way to make your blog post stand out is by using pictures. However, in doing so, you want to make sure that you're using the right kind of pictures so that it adds to your content, not takes away from it. Not just that, you want to make sure that you're doing it legally, but the questions are, how do you choose the right pictures? Where do you go to find them? Are there right and wrong ways to go about doing this? And how can you use how can using the right images help you spread your content even more so that you can get more traffic? That and more is what we're gonna be talking about today. Yes, indeed, we're gonna be talking about pictures because a picture is worth a thousand words. Or at least that's what they say. I think it's worth at least a thousand and one. <laughs> but anyhow, um, this is episode 215, and as usual, you can find detailed show notes at becomeablogger.com slash two one five, including any of the links, the resources that I mentioned, even a PDF transcript so that you can download it to your computer, your mobile device, your tablet, whatever to have it with you anywhere. So head on over to becomeablogger.com slash 215. And of course, to leave comments about this episode, that is exactly where you want to go. So let's talk about pictures. Oh, before that, actually, I just want to drop a little bit of a teaser in here. Just a little bit of a teaser. And the teaser is this. Change is coming. That's all. That's all I'm saying for now. I'm not going to say anything else. I'm just going to drop that teaser, and hopefully you'll be looking forward to some of those changes. Don't worry. It's going to be good. It's going to be all good. It's going to provide more value because that's what I want to do, provide you with more value. And, um, yeah, that's all. And you'll see the change over time. Okay, let's get it. That was a whack teaser. I'm sorry. That was terrible. Anyhow, let's talk about pictures because pictures, huge. I mean, obviously, the internet is such a visual thing. You know, it's come a long way um, over the years. You know, in the beginning, it was just text. I mean, even when I remember, actually, let's go even before that. I remember when I got my first computer. I don't remember what kind of a computer it was. So please don't ask me the name. But I remember. The what we what I did um, because I was so fascinated by this new computer thingy. I was in St. Martin and we got a computer and that was huge. My cousins were getting computers and I finally got one. And I remember I had a book of code. And what I would do is I would spend 
hours and hours for days and days typing in all of this code. And the end result was a smiley face. <laughs> A smiley face. There was this block face, basically a square that was supposed to be the face, squares for the eyes, square for the mouth, and a rectangle for the body. And I thought to myself, man, this is the most amazing thing. I am typing stuff, and there is something as a result. Now, this was way back in the days. This was Well, this was in the 90s, not way back in the days, because I'm not that old. But, you know, as I've seen computers evolve, and then the internet evolve, uh, you've seen a lot of changes to where now it's become more of a visual platform. Online video is huge, um, but images are huge. You go on Facebook and you see content that's shared and the ones that stand out are the ones that have nice, vibrant images. Um, and that right there is huge because it's a good way, if you are doing it right, it's a good way to get people to share your content. It's a good way to entice people to click on that image and come on over to your blog to read that on your blog, whatever the case might be. Visuals, images, pictures, you want to make them as vibrant as possible and you want to make sure that they are doing exactly what you want them to do so that you can accomplish your goal of your goal of building your blog and getting people there um, and providing them with as much value as possible. So the take-home message here so far is images, important. If you're blogging, you want to be using these, you want to be using pictures to hook your audience. You want to be using pictures to convey your messages. Um, you want to you want to be using pictures to get people to share. You want to be using people uh, pictures so that when people see them, they think to themselves, man, what is this about? I need to click through and I need to go to this awesome blog of yours so that I can consume this awesome content. Yes, I know I say awesome a lot, but you get the point. So images are important. And I said that images are important because they help you to convey a message. So I want to talk about that message. Um, there are three questions I want you to ask yourself. When you're, you know, you, you just created a piece of content, you want to publish that to your blog, and you need to find the right images. You want to find the right visuals. Before you go out and search, I want you to answer three questions. Okay, because these questions are going to make your, it, once you find the images, it's going to be that much more effective. Question number one, what emotion are you trying to convey through that piece of content? What emotion? Is it excitement? Is it fear? Is it, you know, anticipation? It, what is it? Is it, you know, a mindset of thinking about success? What, what are you trying to convey? What emotion are you trying to convey? I found um, when I post stuff, let's say I'm posting something on Facebook, if it appeals to a very specific emotion, it gets more likes, it gets more shares, it gets more engagement. And once you, if you can think about that, when you're looking for images, what emotion am I trying to convey? You're going to be more likely to be choosing the types of images that's going to help your content to spread like wildfire wild i was gonna say wildflower well yeah you could say wildflower wildflower spread don't they okay let's move on <laughs> okay so number one what emotion are you trying to convey through your content 
Um, and number two, who is your ideal target person for that piece of content? If I am targeting young, ambitious entrepreneurs, I'm not going to you know, choose pictures. Let's say I'm trying to convey fear or I'm trying to convey you know, happiness or whatever the case might be. I'm not going to choose pictures of a happy, older, retired individual because that's not the type of person that I'm targeting. All right, so you want to think about who your ideal target person is for that specific piece of content. And then lastly, what kind of picture will resonate with your ideal target person based on the emotion that you are trying to convey? All right. So if, let's say, for example, you're trying to convey a, 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 the emotion of fear. Um, you want to find a picture that encourages your audience to think, man, that person is definitely afraid of something. Right. Um, let's say your, your, your ideal target person is a businesswoman. You might consider using a picture of a businesswoman in the context of your story and a businesswoman that is experiencing some kind of fear. I'm going into some psychological things right here because really, you know, if if your images capture the emotion of your ideal target person, they're going to be more likely to click. They're going to be more likely to engage. They're going to be more likely to to, to share. They're going to be more likely to share. And that's exactly what you want. Makes sense, right? So the three questions are, what emotions are you trying to convey? Number two, who is your ideal target person? And number three, what kind of picture or pictures will resonate with your ideal target person? This is what I want you to think when you think about when you are creating a piece of content and you're trying to find an image that really captures people's attention. Now, of course, as you go through the rest of your content, um, you're going to be using multiple images. Um, at least that's what I recommend. And you can check out how I do it. You can come back to this post, the blog post for this, becomeablogger.com slash 215, to see how I use multiple images um, in this uh, specific post. And I do that with all my posts because images, a picture is worth a thousand words. And if your picture can go along with your content and 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 amplify help to amplify um, the, the your content, then you definitely want to be doing that. Okay, so now let's talk about some other things. I want to talk about a technical thing here, and that just has to do with choosing the size of your photos. Now when you're formatting your, your your photos into your content, let's say you have a blog post or a podcast episode or you have a video post that has text on the bottom, whatever the case might be, and you're adding images to your content, you want to be conscious of the size of the images. That's important. It's important um, for, for, for two main reasons. Number one, if the file size of your image is super huge, what's going to be the problem? Well, the problem is going to be that it's going to take longer to load. You know, it, it's over the internet and it, it has to load uh, the entire file. And if the file is, you know, 100 megabits, megabytes, which is absolutely ridiculous, uh, or let's, let's even say if the file size for that one picture is 
one megabyte or two megabytes or three megabytes. That's how many cameras these days, that's the size of the images that we get from many cameras. But for that type of, uh, of, of file size, it will take a long time to load and you don't want that, especially if someone has slow internet. And I don't know if you realize this, but we've become a very impatient society. If we go to a website and the website is taking 20 seconds to load or even 10 seconds to load, or in some cases, even five seconds to load, we get impatient. So you want to be very conscious about your file sizes. You want to save them as small sizes, um, as small as possible while retaining the quality. Now, Another part of the, 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 the sizing your photos issue has to do with the actual size of how, how, how large it's displaying on the page. Um, now, if the dimensions are off or if they're inconsistent, and uh, it can look messy. So what I recommend is for you to keep your, dimension, your dimensions relatively consistent in a way that looks good. This is going to vary from WordPress theme to WordPress theme, from website to website, based on the layout of your website, based on the design of your website. You want to choose a size and dimensions that look good on your blog. If the images are too wide, it can make the text look jumbled up. You know, like sometimes you write align, you align the images to the right and you have your text to the left. But if the image is too big, um, if the size is too large, basically, it's, it's going to make the text look a little jum jumbled up. If, they're, if they're, they're not wide enough, if they're not large enough, they won't have the desired effect on your reader. So you want to make sure to choose a size that looks good. Look on it, look at it on your computer. Look on it on your mobile device. Look on it on your tablet or what or someone else's tablet or someone else's mobile device and make sure it looks good. All right? So file size is huge. So, um, the actual size of the, the image on the page is also a huge thing. Now, there, there are a number of ways that you can deal with this. For me personally, I use Photoshop with my images. And when I'm in Photoshop um, or when my, my virtual assistant is in Photoshop and she's sizing the images, she chooses a size that works well for us, for my blog. And then when she goes to save it, she saves it not the regular way, but she goes to the feature that's called Save for Web. And when you save it for web, what Photoshop will do is it will compress that image so that you can retain the quality but reduce the file size so that it's optimized for people that are loading it on the internet. That's one way. So whatever program you're using for editing your images, you want to make sure that you're saving it as small as possible. If they have a save for web feature, use that. But there's another way that you can do it. There's a, there's a cool little plugin that's called WP Smush It. I love the name of that plugin. But what that plugin does, and of course I'll have links to that in the show notes, or you can just search for it in the WordPress um, plugins directory. What that does is it 
automatically resizes your images. Now I'm talking about your file sizes. So it's gonna compress the image so that um, you get the same image but a smaller file size. And it can do that automatically as you're uploading your images. It can scan through all of the images in your site and compress them automatically. It takes a little bit of time to do that, but the result is your web pages were run fa load faster and the person doesn't have to wait as long. So enough about file size and image size, but that's something that you definitely want to be considering. And if you're not considering that up to this point, I would encourage you to do that so that you and you'll see that there's a significant um, uh, increase in the, the, the speed of your website. All right, now let's talk about optimizing for social media. Social media obviously can bring a significant amount of exposure to your blog. It can do it relatively quickly if the right people share your content, if enough people share your content, if your content is that awesome um, that people resonate with it and share it like crazy, that can drive a significant amount of traffic in a short period of time. So you want to make sure that your images are optimized for your, your, your social platforms um, and that enhances exposure especially on sites like Pinterest um, Pinterest is such a visual platform also Facebook uh, even on Twitter we, we see that if a, a, a post has an image associated associated with it there's more engagement there's generally more engagement and the reason for that is they stand out easier if you have just text it doesn't stand out as much so you want to make sure that you're optimizing your your images for Facebook you want to make sure that you're optimizing if Pinterest is something that um, that that you're using to market your blog and even if it isn't I would recommend for you to still optimize your image sizes um, for um, Pinterest. Now, just as an example, uh, when you're sharing content on Facebook, if you if you take if someone take a, takes a link from your blog, um, like a, a blog post that you just um, posted, and they post it on Facebook, it's gonna try to draw in an image, and and you'll see that image. Hopefully, if you have it set up right, we'll talk about that in a little while. You'll see that in the news feed. Now, in order for that to be optimize for Facebook you want to make sure that it's the maximum dimension the, the minimum it, it meets these minimum dimensions of 484 by 252 now the recommended upload size is actually 1200 by 628 and that's how I do it um, now if you want to see what all of the the recommended sizes are for Facebook and also for Pinterest I'm gonna link to two posts in the show notes, a guide for optimizing your Facebook image sizes, um, and that one is by John Loomer. And I also have another guide for optimizing Pinterest image sizes, and that's by Socially Sorted. So if you come back to this blog post, the show notes for this blog post, for this podcast episode, you will find links to that, and you can check those out, and it'll give you some more details on how to optimize your images for those two sites. Now, if you want to make your images look all fancy schmancy, um, you can always use free tools like PicMonkey or Canva. PicMonkey.com 
or canva.com. And what that allows you to do is add text. It allows you to edit your images. And, and you can do that in a very easy way without having to understand how to use Photoshop or any other complicated programs. Um, you don't have to worry about that. It will do all of the heavy lifting for you. You just tell it. You basically, you know, upload your image, add your text, make it look the way you want to look, and then you can save that file and use it. So those are two resources that I highly recommend. Now, in terms of getting people to share your content, um, that is very important, right? We, we, we're just speaking about that. Now, in order to take advantage, to take full advantage of that social equity, you want to make sure, you want to make sure that when your content is shared, it shows up very well on social media. Now, to do that, there are some plugins that can help you. The one that I'm using right now on Become a Blogger is the WordPress SEO plugin. That's the plugin that I use for optimizing my blog for search engines. However, it also has social features. And what you can do, for example, is when you make a blog post, when you post, when you're when you're adding a blog post to your WordPress blog, um, right there where you're creating the blog post, there's a section right below it that the WordPress SEO plugin adds that allows you to upload an image specifically for Facebook. That's one example of was what it does. So whenever we add a blog post to becomeablogger.com we upload an image that was created specifically for um, Facebook. And then when that article gets shared or when that podcast episode gets shared, that is the image that is pulled in. You don't want Facebook to have to guess which image to pull in. You want to tell them exactly which image they should be pulling in. The WordPress SEO plugin um, helps you do that. Now, there are other plugins that actually do a better job. For example, there's the Facebook Open Graph, Google Plus, and Twitter Cards tag, Twitter Card Tags plugin. And all of these, of course, will be linked to. This one is a little more advanced. It gives you a lot more features. It makes it so that you're very much optimized for these social networks. So that's one that you can check out. It's one that I'm evaluating right now, or I'm going to be evaluating pretty soon. Um, we're using it on the Social Media Marketing Society, um, and um, it works very well. So that's another plugin that's better specifically for so optimizing for social media. All right, now let's talk about permissions because one of the things, oh, it annoys me so much, but I see it so often is someone makes a blog post, they write a blog post, and they said, I need an image, so what I'm going to do is I'm going to go to Google, I'm going to search for the thing that I need, I'm going to copy that image, upload it to my site, and look at that. Now my post looks great. Well, your post looks great, but it's illegal. Stop doing it. If this is what you're doing to find images on your for your blog post, stop it right now. Whenever you use an, Im an image, you want to make sure that you have permission to use that image. The last thing that you want is a legal department of some company contacting you, telling you to take it down right now. You want to make sure that you are doing this right. So you can use... Um, what I do is I use royalty-free sites. Um, um, the one that I use is Dollar Photo Club. Now, the reason I use Dollar Photo Club is because the images are awesome. Um, but not just that, 
with royalty-free image sites, you usually have to pay for the images. Now, the prices can range from, you know, I've seen images for like $30, $40. And if you're adding multiple images to a blog post, um, that can get pretty expensive pretty quickly. But Dollar Photo Club, all of their images are exactly $1. And that's for the highest resolution. You get to download the full quality. And I like to have the full quality, even though I compress it after. Um, but I want the full quality so that I can use it for multiple purposes in the future. One dollar, one image, it works very, very, very well. The images are high quality images. So that's where I get most of my images, almost all of my images right now. And the beauty of that is over time, you build up a directory of images that you can use for your blog. So now I don't always have to, well, actually, I, I hardly buy any new images for my blog posts because I've downloaded so many that I can find images for almost, well, for most of what I post. Um, so over time, you get to build that up. And uh, if you want to check them out, you can go to becomeablogger.com slash dollar photo. And, and of course, I'll have links to that in the show notes for this episode. Becomeablogger.com slash 215. That's where I get most of my images. But there are some other alternatives. Um, other alternatives, for example, with my biology blog, one of the places that I've used a whole lot to get images is Wikimedia Commons. That's at commons.wikimedia.org. Um, it's a great place to find public domain images, creative commons images. And what that means is this. If an image is licensed in the public domain, you can use it freely without any restrictions. I mean, you can go as far as claiming that the image is yours. Because it's in the public domain, anyone can use it freely for any purposes. Commercial, non-commercial, it doesn't matter. It's in the public domain. Now, with Creative Commons licenses, it's a little different. You are free to use it, but there are certain terms attached. For example, there are different types of Creative Commons licenses. There are Creative Commons with attribution. Um, and in that case, you can use it freely, but you need to make sure to attribute it to the person, uh, basically to credit the person that you're getting it from. There are Creative Commons share alike. So for example, if this person, if someone posts an image with the license Creative Commons share alike, um, and they, you can't use it, for example, for commercial pur purposes, um, you have to you have to share it with that same license. So just as you're sharing it, someone else should be able to share it also. And there are all kinds of other stipulations. I'll have a link about Creative Commons licenses that you can go and read through. But Wikimedia Commons um, is free, which is great. Uh, and you can find some amazing photos, amazing in illustrations. Um, for example, if I want if I want to find a picture of a human heart, I'm going to I'm going to Wikimedia Commons, and I'll find some really high quality images of the anatomy of the human heart. So you can search around and look at the licenses, look at the images. It takes a little more time, but it's free, right? Free is good, and you can find high quality images, but it takes a little more work. You can also find images on sites like um, Flickr, 
uh, but you want to make sure to check the licenses to make sure you're using the right images with the right permissions and so on and so forth. Um, one more note, the images that you get from Wikimedia Commons, some of them are actually illustrations. And the format for those illustrations is .svg. So you know you have .jpeg. This is .svg. What I like about these types of images is that you can actually go in and manipulate the images if you're using a program the image yeah if you're using a program like adobe illustrator you can move things around you can remove words and so on you can edit it um in all, in an almost unlimited way and that's a very cool thing with some of the images that you get there another thing that you can do is take your own pictures if you have a decent quality camera and many of us have really high quality cameras on our smartphones these days especially if you have an iphone or some other um, phone that has a really nice camera camera or if you have a nice dslr that's what i use for my pictures don't underestimate the power of taking your own pictures especially depending on what niche you're in um, if you're doing stuff like recipes diy fitness and those types of things using your own pictures can really add that that um that personal touch that personal element um to your content uh and of course you know once you have the camera once you have the smartphone these pictures are free so if you can find uh, if you can take really nice creative images high quality and use that for your blog why not um, there are a few blogs that I would like to point out that um, you can check out and see how they're using their own images. The first one is Hoosier Homemade. That's at HoosierHomemade.com. Um, they share recipes, decorating ideas, and a whole bunch of cupcakes. If you go there and you see the pictures, you, you get hungry. <laughs> you get hungry. Your mouth. I mean, I'm thinking about it right now, and my mouth is watering. Um, but you can go there. You can check out how they're using high-quality images. Um, and then Thrift Diving. Um, Thriftdiving.com. Serena, what she basically does is she goes to thrift stores and she finds stuff there. And then she remakes them and make them look, makes them look awesome. <laughs> and, of course, because of that, she's taking her own pictures of the stuff that she's using. And she's showing you the process. Uh, and, and she does a great job with that. And then there's House of Rose. Oh, my word. Mandy Rose. Um, she, she takes photos of her house. She takes photos, photos of her family. She uses them on her blog and on social media. They're so perfect that they make you sick. <laughs> but in a good way. You know, it, 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 it's just beautiful the way she does it. So you can check her out at houseofrose.com. So those are my tips. So whether you're a new blogger, you're just wanting to make sure that as you're creating your content, you're making it look good or you're, you've been blogging for a while and you're thinking to yourself, you know what, I need to add some spice to my life. I need to add some spice to my blog posts to make them look even better so that I can possibly get even more engagement than I'm getting now. I can get more shares because people just love to see the stuff that I'm creating um, and it's visually appealing and all that good stuff. I hope you will take action on this um, podcast episode. Um, so I want to ask you a question. 
And this question has to do with images because there are many places that you can get images, uh, photos, royalty-free and, and the like. Um, what image sources do you use? I want you to come back to becomeablogger.com slash 215 and share it in the comments. Let's, let's help each other out because you might have a source that I don't know about and I might check out that source and be like, yo, that thing is hot. I want to start using that site. <laughs> and somebody else might find value in it also. So head on over to episode so becomeablogger.com slash 215. And of course, if you missed anything, it'll be all there. If you found if you want to get a transcript, it'll be there eventually. <laughs> and if you found value in this episode and would love to be the first to know whenever a new episode goes live i would invite you to subscribe if you haven't done that already you can do that in any podcatching app on your smartphone or you can go to becomeablogger.com slash podcast to find out more about how you can subscribe and if you would love to do this for me i would love you to do it for me go ahead and leave a review let people know what you think about the podcast um, you'll find information on how to do that there also becomeablogger.com slash podcast if you're trying to start a blog, you haven't started yet, you want to know how you can create content, inspire others, and even change the world while building your business, freebloggingvideos.com. i got a free course there for you to check out where I show you exactly how to do it. So this is Leslie Summer from becomeablogger.com where we're changing the world one blog at a time. And until next time, take care and God bless. 888 8, 8, 8,